Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers. Now on a recent Monday memo, I shared to question what's a business and what's an accountant. And if you ever ask these questions to a classroom full of 10 and 11 year olds, you'd get a load of hands go up, they'd be bursting to throw something out, they're very enthusiastic, even if their answer is a guess or not. And I love that curiosity and that eagerness to learn. However, if we were to ask the same questions in a lecture hall to a group of undergrads or even postgraduates, you know, that same enthusiasm doesn't really seem to be there. So what's changed? Where is that curiosity and eagerness gone? And particularly if you take from the quote from the novelist James Stevens, that curiosity will conquer fear even more than bravery will, curiosity is quite an important thing. So in this week's episode, we're joined by four prior guest mentors, Marcus Thelwell, Kala Chowdhury, Andy Lonnan, and Indy Purushottaman, who help us better understand the value of curiosity in finance and accounting. And share with us practical ways on how we can be more curious. You know, in this episode, you'll hear from each of them and understand what the premium of curiosity looks like. How understanding the end-to-end of a business can better help our curiosity. Where curiosity fits in the nine skills acquired in this age of the accountant. And the importance of having curiosity about what we're doing on a daily basis. So curiosity is a fundamental part of creating more influence in what we do, but also helping us have a better and bigger impact in our careers as finance and accounting professionals. So look, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to share with your friends and colleagues. You can subscribe on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube and Spotify. You can find detailed show notes, ways to connect with the guest mentors and much more at SIGNshow.com. So look, that's enough for me. So without further ado, over to the guest mentors, and the show. Um, Sure. So I think knowing your business, knowing the business that you work in really well is key. Knowing what your stakeholders are interested in is key because often in clients, maybe 80 to 90% of the work that finance departments do is either not of interest to the business, whether that's through putting reports together that have always been put together for years, whether that's consolidating different data sets and numbers. I think a lot of the time people in finance and accounting are are doing those tasks because they are part of their working day schedules and always have been. What they haven't done is actually look at the bigger picture of what they're doing and be like, what is it? that the business is looking for from the information that I'm providing them. Is this information hitting the mark in terms of the decisions that are being made? I think a lot of the time um, we're, as, as finance practitioners, we're waiting for the business to come to us asking what they want. But actually it should be the other way around where we're, we, we, we continually test and ask questions of the business in terms of what they want because I think often we expect 
the business to know what they want and they don't until they actually see something that's really useful and that's when they'll go actually that's really useful can we have more of that information please yeah that's a that's a really interesting one that that last piece there marcus because that's probably an assumption you know like you know you're new to a career right you know you'd expect a business to know what they need to know right but that's so true i mean and i've seen that in my career many times it's one one it's an assumption i think a lot of us have like how do we make sure our new entrants don't just naturally assume that the business already has what they need how can we snap out of that or are there any things we can do to to in effect get over that hurdle and start to be adding more value and locking more value for them? Sure. I think trying to instill um, a culture of just inquisitiveness and curiosity about what it is that we're doing on a daily basis is really important. And um, providing the room for younger people, especially to be able to put forward new ideas or new ways of working on what we're doing. I think often we find that People who've been in a business a long time um, can kind of get stuck in their ways a lot in terms of how they work. And actually, um, younger minds, younger objective minds without the constraints of kind of what's possible and what's not, um, we should be kind of utilizing the, these new ideas and, and, and how they see the world, especially with new technology and new ways of working. Um, a lot of the time, young people are kind of coding for fun, but, you know, older more more senior people in the business wouldn't know what coding is or what it's capable of and actually like the changes are so drastic now that we should actually start listening to younger people who have exposure and an interest in these new new ways of working because the capability and possibility of the time um efficiency efficiencies are just enormous especially for um the finance and accounting part of the business yeah i i agree i going with yeah that's great advice i was just going with that time and efficiency angle you you made a point earlier like you know i suppose a lot of our work we do is necessary to get the insights out to to make an impact but it's it's not necessarily what our our business partners our customers are willing to pay for um like, I suppose, do you ever sort of, I mean, how do you get your head around that? You're new to the career, right? And you're expected to do work that ultimately the customer probably wouldn't pay for. Like, how do you how do you stay motivated that a lot of our work in terms of data collection, cleaning, um, trying to, I suppose, ascertain what it is that we're trying to report, get the reports out. Um, a lot of that the customers probably wouldn't pay for or our clients wouldn't really pay for. So, mm-hmm. you know, that seems like dead time and it may seem like non-value add time, but it's a necessary step we have to go through or it's maybe just it's been always the way it's been done in finance and it can be quite demotivating. So I'm just trying to think, like, how do we get our heads around that to keep with it so that once we go through that, we're, we're, we're adding value or unlocking value in the business? Yep. So I think, um, especially for new people, even if we set the challenge to them, so they, they've got a finance process to run, whether it's putting together a report. Yeah. If I was a manager, I would say to them, I'll set you a challenge. If you can improve the efficiency of this process from five days to four days, then you can have that extra day 
to um, look into something within finance that you're interested in or something in the business that you'd like to learn about to get to know and almost set set the challenge um, down themselves and, 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 and give them the opportunity to actually um, critically think about the process they're putting together um, and actually come up with suggestions on how to improve. And then once you find those efficiencies, efficiencies actually then reinvesting it back to actually support something else which could improve additional value to the business in effect i think what you've you suggested there is um it's you've actually made it goal orientated so rather than look at it as a problem we're doing all this work for for it doesn't seem much in the way of return it's actually you know what let's let's have a good positive constructive goal around this so i can get to work on the things that that the customer might matter to the customers and the clients exactly and I think from a mindset perspective, from for someone's new, like new into finance, people want to have purpose. People want to be challenged. People don't want to do the same things every day. People don't want to be criticized. People want to have the room to grow. So I think it's the fr- framing of problems into kind of productive challenges is something that I have definitely had a positive reaction to and uh, the people around me have as well. I think the part that I want to really talk about is um, we are at the cusp of a software revolution and that software revolution is about to leave a lot of people behind like it did during the industrial revolution and it's the automation and all the things that we were talking about. However, the part that I want to highlight is should we be alarmed about it? Definitely. But I want to highlight one of the things that uh, I picked up from Simon Sinek. He talked about um, when we're nervous, we get sweaty palms, elevated heart rate, all kind of fun stuff. But if you look at it from different perspective, that's the same symptom we have when we're excited. So as it is, the, how the software revolution can keep a, what do you call uh, create a barrier for people or leave a lot of people behind at the same time it is also the one of the most exciting times from a perspective that there is, it opens up so many possibilities so I think people should take this opportunity to invest in the most guaranteed asset that is themselves to take advantage of this wealth of information because there has been no time in history the amount of information and really good information and education that's out there, which is also free. So taking advantage of things like that can be very fruitful. Just to give an example, I'm taking a class by Laurie Santos, who is teaching the most popular class in Princeton, it's about how to be happy <laughs> and things from a different perspective, right? I don't have the resources to be able to take a class from Princeton, Harvard, Yale, Oxford, Cambridge, but in today's world, it's more, more than likely it's out there. It's about finding the curiosity deep down and looking for the information because there is 
definitely a premium on curiosity. I mean, look, I, and I, I think I know the answer why, obviously, because we've spoken about this. But for audience, why is there that premium on curiosity in your mind? So the reason it kind of goes back what we were talking about earlier, but as things get more automated, all the cut, copy, VLOOKUP that we did in the old days, those will not be required. We will be given the information much better. But it would be of the curious mind to find informations behind it proactively to find uh, insight that is helpful to the business. So I'll give you a different example. So this was an experience that I had in my first job. Uh, so right after I started, there was a hurricane that hit Houston. And we made this claim for $900,000 to our insurance agency for $500,000 for onshore and $400,000 for offshore. The first thing they did when they came back, they said, your policy doesn't cover offshore. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> me being me, I was curious. I was like, okay, tell me what exactly it covers. So they said it is any area that was impacted by the hurricane, whether through initial landfall or rainfall, the exact trajectory of the hurricane path. So initially our claims was based on coastal locations. As after getting this information, I was curious enough to go figure out the entire zip codes of the hurricane path only to find out that my biggest customer, which is half a, what do you call it? 500 miles in, inland got impacted. And we ended up getting a $1.4 million settlement. <laughs> a lot more what the initial um, claim was for, even though they denied half the claim that we initially made. But that, look, that's where they, but like, that's a very important point about curiosity. You know, if we're not challenging the way we're currently doing it now, and you know, those B lookups that you mentioned and whatever to extract, transform the data, that, that, a lot of us are still doing that, you know, and software is going to allow us to automate an awful lot of that piece. And if we're not preparing ourselves to then invest that time in, in our curiosity, uh, not just in our businesses, but in ourselves, then, you know, it'd be like a big hurricane will come out of nowhere and it could be quite expensive for us. That is, that is absolutely true. I mean, just to give you a um, little bit of background to that, you read my article around the mindset, right? Uh, where I talk about it is no longer good enough for us to be jack of all trades and master of Excel. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's part of the image problem. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, see, the problem becomes is you need technical skills, right? But that's yeah. not who you are. That's at the end of the day, There's a lot more to us. Yes. So at the end of the day, we are the steward of the data that is help guide the business to make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. And whether that's formed in different ways, Excel or that skill set, I mean, I have had people have fun discussion about VLOOKUP versus index match. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I understand the point of view, but at the end of the day, I care about the end product. 
So it is more important from our image perspective is to get out of that Excel jock rather than focusing on the technical skill set. By all means, we need to focus on technical skill set, um, which I'm actually writing an article on, um, hopefully coming out in sometime in March, that different kind of technical skill set we should be focusing on. But at the end of the day, it should be about the value provide to the business. As you were mentioning earlier, having that value log, highlighting the information to the business that how you're helping them make the better decisions, not uh, being a necessary evil. Uh, just one of your points that you highlighted about the pinball effect, it's about surrounding yourself with the people that will help make you that change. So find your tribe to start your journey. Something we help with is something called our finance business partner formula and even though we call it finance business partner for professionals who wish to add more value and it's just it's a framework it's a formula just to try and help there's so many skills that people are bandying around we need to think about this we need to think about that and that's where the overwhelm can come so we came up with this framework that's nine c's so words beginning with c uh, i'm happy to, to go through them uh, just quite briefly to help people understand the type of skill sets we need to be thinking about will that be helpful uh, yeah let's do it love, love to Andy yeah, let's do it so the first C which will come as no surprise to anyone is communicating financial information effectively <laughs> so this does not mean flinging numbers at people it's telling the story <laughs> behind the numbers <laughs> so that people can understand and everyone can join in the financial conversation so this communication piece keep working at simplifying your communication almost at removing numbers from communicating with non-finance people get the story help them with the story help them understand help them with the next c which is connect connecting and collaborating with people so really building those relationships partnering with others in the organization or partnering with your clients to help them grow their businesses help them know what they need to do because what's obvious to you as an accountant is not obvious to other people they're not trained they don't have yeah. your training and qualification and experience so connection collaborating, being clear on strategic goals, being a clear strategic thinker. So really thinking about what, what you're in business to do, what you, your organization is there to achieve at the top, top level and staying focused on this key purpose to help really focus what work you're doing and how you can add value. Where are you adding value into? You need to know what the strategic goals of the organization are. Being more commercial, people will hear this all the time and wonder what it means. You know, I need to have more yeah. commerciality, more commercial acumen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's basically understand the business, understand what business you're in, understand what other people do, go shadow them, go talk to them, join their team meetings, go and find out what else is happening in your industry. And this doesn't have to be overwhelming that you don't have to. I, I know how busy accountants are. I've done it for 20 years. Uh, I work with accountants day in, day out, and I, I know what deadlines they've got. This is just listening. Listening to, to what's going on. It's just getting away from the desk sometimes and talking to other people, joining in a meeting, maybe reading a bit of trade journal on a train or listening to, to a podcast in a, in a car. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Being a change agent and challenging the status quo is the next C. So it's not change for change's sake, but it's just challenging the way things are done around here and not doing that like a bull in a china shop, but doing it in a in a constructive way. There's another C. <laughs> there are so many words that we could it's hard to just narrow it down to nine. Yeah. <laughs> So thinking about what change is required, is it, you know, things done because they've always been done this way and it's gently uh, helping yourself and nurturing other people along the change curve, if you like, as well. Mm computer digital of yeah. course uh, has to to come in here and i know lots lots of accountants really embrace technology which is fantastic a lot don't and that's okay but just recognize that in yourself and then think about what would make it more comfortable uh, to learn more about computer and digital there's so many resources out there at the moment to, to help you on this journey next see curiosity oh, yeah, <laughs> That will help with everything else, really. Curiosity, creative and can-do attitude, really important. Calm, confident and in control. It's so easy to be overwhelmed. It's so easy to get dragged down with it all. And it's just becoming more personally resilient um, so that you are in a place of calm to help people and make decisions and support yourself to be able to support others. And the final one, which I hope is an obvious one, is being a competent finance professional. Yeah. <laughs> you can't help other people with finance unless you know finance <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a, it's it's sort of a yeah people just assume that sort of thing but that's completely right you know it's it's yeah. and andy just thinking about all of them i mean there's nine some people think there's a lot there but but like i mean do you have any sort of recommendations on how people sort of use these i mean do they go and try and be good at all all of them focus on one i mean is there a good way of of trying a pace maybe or cadence to to develop uh, in, in each of these nine c's yeah, that's such a good question. We're about to launch our online finance business partner academy. And on there, it's a completely free resource. There's a self-assessment quiz that you can take. And it, it's three questions under each of the, the nine C's. And you score yourself. And you can do this yourself. It is a self-assessment. But you can do it with your boss. You can do it with partners that you work with as well to get a true picture. Then you can find out areas where you're already quite strong. So keep doing it. And areas where you might need to strengthen and areas to focus on. So you can do it in a systematic step-by-step -step way and look at where needs to improve and tying that into strategic goals as well so really thinking about okay mm. well the, the business needs this this is where I'm strong this is where I'm weak so where on this using your professional judgment do you need to, to develop first to contribute to make more of a contribution One thing that happens every day is staff mentoring. Almost every conversation I have is I take it as an opportunity to be a teachable moment. It's a young team that I have, a great team, you know, grateful for the fact that they all want to learn. But you know, every conversation is a great opportunity to teach them, whether it's on leadership, decision making, taking initiative, problem solving, or just finance related issues. So will you say that, you know, that mentoring and teaching or developing people as one of the most exciting moments for you right now for your role? Sounds like you really enjoyed it. And, you know, talking to you right now, I can feel that the energy, that passion that you have around talent development. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, that is the most exciting thing. I mean, my role, as I see, is having hired people or having an introduction to people 
inherited team is to make them the best they can. And if they develop and they grow from that, that's I've done my job. Let's say, man, my aim in the teams that I want to build are teams. I want to build a team that is curious. I want people who who are who are willing to think and want to think. Because if you're not thinking, I don't really want you to my team. And then I want people who are open-minded. Because no one knows everything. Okay, not even Donald Trump. So you know, we need to be open-minded and willing to learn from others. And I, because someone else, the team or someone else, the organization may have an idea to a solution that we're facing or the organization is facing. And finally, what I look for in people is people who can collaborate. Because you can ask all the right questions. You know, and and you can be curious, and you can get all the information from everyone. But unless you're willing to collaborate with others, you can't get things done. So that's what you know. Yeah, definitely building, um, mentoring a team, and building them, getting the best out of the team is what excites me and and motivates me most. Wow, well said. I still remember one of the best leader that I've ever worked with. She used to say to me that one of the recipe for success is to re- surround herself with very talented and good people. So you have to invest in your team before you and the team can be successful. So switching gear over to supporting your business stakeholders, um, share with our audience, how do you and your team partner and value create for the business now in the midst of the pandemic, which is very interesting time, and also post the COVID-19? Sure. This is we're a developer and uh, we actually don't do the construction ourselves. We, you know, we engage other firms to, to we collaborate with other firms to do that. And we've got a rather entrepreneurial CEO at the helm who's constantly being bombarded opportunities across the country. Uh, much of my focus has been to working closely with the project development director and the CEO to map up on the tools and the analysis that we need to do to evaluate these opportunities and how we should manage and set them up, how we should evaluate the new, new project and also monitor the progress once the projects have been embarked on you know the what if analysis given that the with the pandemic you know hey you know we're going to expect sales to slow down and ex- expect people to extend the payment uh, cycle if you like so you know, we need to come up with a robust kind of analysis on you know what can we do and what can you know what's our comfort level and and what projects need to perhaps be to be held back or delayed until till we find out till we have a greater insight as such. Okay, I keep yeah, having yeah, myself so. on mute, but on the tools and evaluation and the what if analysis. Now, coming to talk about that mindset of finance professional at this very uncertain time, how do you see that mindset kind of complement together with all those tools, which some of them can be a little static? So, which kind of come in? As, a, as more important for us to navigate through this crisis together with the business. Sure, look, your audience, I think, would have come across that term, uh, VUCA, V-U-C-A, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And I reckon no time, no other time than the current time where we, we are facing greater volatility, greater uncertainty, complex issues, and ambiguity. So I think the single most important trait that we need to be able to cultivate is the, the ability to be comfortable with all these factors. We have we be comfortable with ambiguity. We're not going to have all the information that we need to make decisions, but we need to make decisions to go forward. And it is being comfortable with the uncomfortable, with being able to see, uh, foresee uh, the, the future to some degree, to have a sense of imagination. And all that comes from actually understanding that your business end to end. So when you understand your business end-to-end and understand how the different components of the business interact, that will help you understand, you know, hang on, if something happens in sales, 
uh, you know, how is that going to impact on cash flow and how will that impact on paying our development or construction partners as such? You know, maybe if there's a need to accelerate some construction work so that, you know, we can actually show, we've got, you know, things out there to help from the, the sale process, if you like, or could be vice versa. Yes, indeed. I guess the one of the learning for myself during the crisis is um, indeed in addition to VOCA as what you talk about, VUCA, it's the only certainty in life right now is uncertainty. So yes. we will need to live with that. Now, in terms of post-COVID-19, what is your view and how do you see finance playing a proactive role in terms of supporting the business and emerging stronger together with the business? Sure, sure. I've, um, I've actually got a fairly optimistic view of the future. I think it will come out as a globe as a world uh, stronger, more united, like a, a lot more compassionate. You know, I think people will understand if they, you know, didn't know before that how interconnected we are, you know, how the, the waves sort of follow across the whole world as such. I think also for, at, a, at a personal level too, I'd say that given I do a lot of interim work and remote work, I think uh, that market will explode. So I think finance people will have to get more comfortable in doing work uh, remotely, and we've got the technology to do that now. In fact, you know, in, in my roadmap, when I went to see my CEO about, you know, moving back from Cambodia to Australia to see out the rest of my contract the next two and a half months to do work remotely, I had 11 items were on the agenda and said, look, you know, 10 of the 11 items I can do effectively from anywhere in the world. And the one item was something that, you know, we can delegate to somebody else uh, on the ground to, to help out and do. And, was, you know, it was not going to be critical. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.